captain. I saw an angel at the Dardanelles. I'd like to see it again. The Red Knight is also looking for the princess. Please respond. Marielia. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. And today we will be watching... <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, no, wait, can we unpack it? What was that enunciation? I just... Zach? <laughs> you're, just, you're just like, yeah, that, you, you, you have like... A- <laughs> <laughs> well, you you don't like- need to. I don't need to pronounce the H... No, that's fair. It was just like a very glottal stop, and he said it with such force. I'm just. I would rather be Zaku. Well, I mean, every so often I have to say things or in some way, shape, or form that makes everybody else laugh or look at me like I'm completely <laughs> insane instead of me sitting here doing all the judging. That's fair. Anyway, we are watching episode 24 of Gundam Seed Destiny, Differing Views. And it's really impressive that Gundam Seed and Destiny together have managed 74 episodes in which people just agreed all the time. They still fought over stuff, but mostly it was like, you know, kind of like playing soccer or something. No, it was it, they were fighting to determine who was more right. That's true, yeah. They, we, they wanted to prove that the other person was more right, or that they agreed with them more. Yeah. I agree with you so hard, I'm gonna shoot you in the face until you agree that I agree. So, full disclosure... I remember nothing about this episode of Destiny. <laughs> I forgot this episode existed. Th- there is one scene in this episode that I remembered. Actually, we, we remembered the same scene. We were talking about it on the way down here. Do you want to take a guess, Tyler? Is it the very last scene? No. no. I completely do not know where this is going. It's very exciting. <laughs> is it anything where Luna is spying on Atherin? No, that's no, great. completely forgot that too. Don't um, know how. Is it Kigali yelling at Atherin? No, nope, you will get to it. Unless you want one last yes. Uh, no, I'm, I am I don't know. I guess, like, this portion of Destiny, I just remember them fighting on the water a lot, and Athrun being like, Kira! And Shin being like, Kira! I don't know your name, so freedom! <laughs> and Heine West and Flustag. I remember how this ends, but that's all I remember. There's a point where I remember, like, I remember the next thing happening being the big giant Gundam showing up. Um, and I guess someone has to die before that, but... Oh, that is true. There, There is a casualty. One we Before care about? Um, is it like an important character? It's a character or? in a name who has his own scene in the intro. Okay. Is it one of the druggies? Because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, don't we have to go through two of them? Aren't there no, two of them? No, the, the other one dies later. Okay. It dies after the big one shows up. Okay. Right? It, it dies as part of that. I remember that whole sequence happening next. So is the is the big Gundam in this supposed to be the Psycho or the it, Big Zam? Like, is it a stand-in for another big suit? Yeah, well, it's a stand-in for the Psycho Gundam because this is Zeta Gundam, except yeah. for not at all. Yeah, that's what, that's why I was guessing the Psycho first. So we'll get to that. We will before too long. I'm gonna ask you, Tyler. This is something I ask you regularly, but I don't remember. So where do you think the series is going? We're almost halfway. Next week we'll be halfway. 
so I kind of wanted to end like the original Gundam did with like some sort of weird psychic gestalt thing happening to the planet. But I think that's a little too optimistic. And frankly, I think a little too much of a reach for this show, which seems to be a lot more grounded, which is weird considering it's much more of a fantasy. I honestly don't know what point they're trying to make. Like I was I had a lot more theories about Seed than I do about Destiny because Seed seemed to have a direction to it. And I don't like Destiny seems to be meandering a lot. An awful lot is happening, but nothing is going on. Exactly. Like like we seem to be like warling. I feel like we have covered the same plot points like six times already. And I'm not sure where we're trying to go with it. I feel like Durundle is making a push maybe to like take over the Earth. But the Earth is completely cast as villains who are all, like, space racists. So, like, I don't even want to root for either side here. Actually, which is maybe the kind of the point. So maybe we're going to form a more concrete three-ships alliance that is now, like, the five-ships alliance. And they're going to be peace and justice warriors. And then war will be done forever. That is how... That's and, where and, and then Gundam Wing Endless Waltz will happen and war never happened again. <laughs> yep, I exactly. guess it only says mobile suits were never used again. It does not say war never happened again. So I guess I'm guessing that we're going to go towards some sort of like super naive like and peace forever approach at the end. Okay, we are about halfway. It's interesting to hear you say it's meandering because I agree with you, but you've always been the one who's like more positive on Destiny. And we haven't hit the point yet where I feel like in your first watch, Destiny goes downhill. I'm I'm not saying that I am not enjoying it. On average, the episodes have been pretty watchable. It doesn't seem to have a direction, though. And I'm like, it, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Okay, Zach just made a face, and I kind of agree with the face. But <laughs> Isn't this technically halfway through Destiny? Because isn't there 48 episodes? No, there are 50 episodes of uh, Destiny. But like mm. by this point in Seed, we already have like a clear philosophical I was actually conundrum. just looking up what happens in Gundam Seed episode 25, because I was curious. But go on. 25 or 24? 25. Okay. This is 24. Yeah, this is 24. Oh, yes, but I halfway. I'm trying to see where halfway would be. Okay. I feel like by this point in Seed, we had like a coherent direction. We had like some philosophical ideals set so up. So episode 24, I was really hoping it was, is War for Two. Yeah. Jesus. Like, man, <laughs> wow. that is such a good like, we, episode. We've been, and we've been through Waltfeld at that point, right? So we have that uh, who, who kind of, like, gives you a thesis for, like, what the show is about. Uh-huh. And, like, he's already been on and off screen. Have we already gone past Captain Beardo also um, at this point? Yes. By that point, we've actually had this year themes kind of more underlying going on between Athern and Kira. And then, like you said, we get Waltfeld who basically just spells it out for you. But also it's been like they've been developed a lot more and like the characters philosophies on those themes have already evolved by this point in Seed. And in this point in Destiny, we're only just barely beginning to like understand Shin really or like have any character growth for Shin. And like Kira is only just getting into the field and Athrin's like not really made any major decisions other than join Zaft again. And same with Stella, right? Because I'm like now imagining what if Gundam Seed Destiny put as much worth work into Shin and Stella's relationship as they did to Kira and Athrens. And you know, it's not they knew each other, because you don't do the same thing. You keep their characters the same, but you put that much work into what their relationship is. Because both Shin and Stella feel like we just have an outline of them in the last couple episodes, right? Yeah, I'm Or like, even Kira and Flay's relationship at that point. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, Flay is just such a great character, and like, we don't have anything that is nearly that level of drama in this. Like, oh no, this almost feels like a... Uh like melodrama by comparison which is weird especially this episode right which i'm sure we're gonna get into yeah oh no it's just weird how much 
this wants to be Seed, but it is very clearly not. And it wants to be Zeta Gundam too, but also very clearly not. And part of the problem there is they already stole all the best bits of Zeta Gundam for Seed. Like, Seed just seems so much more well-developed, especially by this point. And this one has so much more groundwork laid for it, right? Because it has all of Seed. Yep. And it spends a lot of that time doing nothing, which is really what I meant by saying that the plot's meandering is like, we were not advancing anything, and we keep talking about the same points over and over, and no characters are making any new revelations. Well, it's fine to talk about the same plot points over and over again, because like I said, Seed did that a lot with... Like, Atherin and Kira basically yelling at each other. But they always change their viewpoints on it very slightly. Well, and the thing is, like, stuff was happening around them while they were doing that. Things were advancing. Yeah. I think the key distinction I want to make is I think Destiny's actually done more with its plot. I think it's that the characters just aren't developing at all. I think that's what the actual difference is. So we don't care about the plot? Like, because Orb has gone through different political situations, right? It's on the move now. Like... We have this whole terrorist movement. You know, Kira has entered the fray now and the Archangel. There's a lot of plot going on, but all the characters just feel stagnant. Like, Kira has developed a little, right? But the thing is, Kira had like a... He had a weird negative arc into a positive direction, right? Because he regressed to where he was at the end of Seed, which is a better place than he was at the start of Destiny. But it just feels like we got Kira back, not like he's changed. And Atherin feels very similar to right before the end of Seed, right? It's this interesting regression where it feels like he pushed through for a moment and then relapsed into who he is, which is very human, but he hasn't made any advancements. Although he does feel less depressed. Yeah, that's true. Like, Atherin feels like he has a sense of purpose, but also he's not doing anything, really. He's trying to be a mentor to Shin. Yeah, and like, there have been a couple good character interactions between them, but like, not many? There have been, like, maybe three, and they've been on screen a lot together. And, like, Ray... Now, I do like that as soon as Atherin uh, leaves the ship, Ray is like, my personality is back, ma'am, and returning and reporting for duty. Now that no one's above me in the chain of command anymore, I can be a character and do things. That's because Ray secretly just doesn't want to be in command, but as soon as he is in command, he does stuff. Yeah, which is weird, actually, now that I think about it, because Ray was one of my favorite characters in the early episodes until he just kind of, like... No, nah, it's because Ray doesn't know how to deal with the fact that Atherin is not technically his boss, but is very techn- <laughs> but is very much his boss. Because remember, Atherin's outside the chain of command, therefore he cannot technically be Ray's commanding officer. But the secret is, Zapt has no chain of command, apparently. <laughs> apparently the Minerva is the most hierarchical ship in the entire fleet Ray is so quiet because he's always thinking about how he would completely restructure the Zap military. And he's so close. He's best friends with the president. He's so close to getting to implement his plan. Man, my job would be a lot easier if we had any sort of hierarchical structure. And he's like, he was just so happy when Heine died. Because he was like, well, I can't say anything bad about him, but I hate this philosophy. Like, I called Atherin Commander first because I wanted to institute this. I'm so much happier with this. And this guy just shows up and ruins it. Uh, with uh... that... If you want to watch along with us, we are watching again episode 24, Differing Views. You can watch it on Crunchyroll. It's on YouTube right now, and I believe it's still on Hulu. But none of us have Hulu. None of us are paying for that, so who knows? We start with a good old previously on. Oh, hey, I guess... I like her crest. Yes, Zach Stahl likes Kigali's crest with a good old last time on Gundam Seed, where Kigali was like, don't do a war. And they're like, but we really want to. So Kira Yamato tried to stop them. And Athen, for some reason, was like, that was bad. Just imagine all the lives you saved by doing that. We'll get into that more in this episode, though. Yeah. Pumpkin Spice died. Yes. And Heine Weston Flues, the sensational character find of 2005, is dead. I was actually hoping he stayed around a bit longer because I feel like there would have been some interesting tension between him and Atherin later. I remember him surviving this fight and dying in the next one, which is obviously not true. But I think I agree with you. 
it would have been nice, or at the very least, to have him die in a way that doesn't make him look completely incompetent. Hey, he was very distracted. <laughs> is is that the only way that Zaft troops die? Is that they have to look completely incompetent? I mean, Nickel was doing something very purposeful, right? Yeah, but then they changed it so he looks like a retard. That's true. They did edit it so he looks dumb. How did Captain Beardo die? Uh, he in a fight. He just went down in a straight up fight. Waltfelt's wife was being competent when she died. Waltfelt was ostensibly dead at that time, and he was being competent. Yeah, too. but but he survived. That's why he survived. He was too competent. <laughs> no, his his wife. Uh... Like it used the like kind ancestor of, of spirit, she guarded him. <laughs> no, it's some kind of like shield ability, you know, like jump in front, yeah, take, take she, the hit for him. She gave Waltfelt sweet coffee bean powers. He just only had three in the cockpit. With she him at she the time. used one of her like taunt abilities, so she took the damage <laughs> on her hit points, which is why Waltfelt ended up so messed up. She didn't quite have enough hit points to take all the damage for him. This is why you always need someone to subclass into Vanguard so they can do that for you. It's very useful, especially if you have a cleric and some diamonds. So high and mighty Keller yells at us. So in the opening, there's a scene of the crew of the Archangel, and Maru definitely looks like an alien there because <laughs> she has no whites around her eyes. I, I find it funny that in that shot that you're talking about, the I've, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, the helmsman is in the back and it looks like he's gotten caught like going to the bathroom or something. <laughs> like he's just he's just like awkwardly posed in the back, like either oh man, I need to get into this shot, or I was on my way to the can. I'm not sure why we're taking a picture now. So the Minerva is in dry dock, or I guess uh, port, no, it's not. It's just in dock, and they're getting materials to fix it because obviously they're the best battleship in the line. They're high priority to be fixed, but they're talking about all the damage that is done to it. Again, in any, I'm not going to give it flack for this because similar situations definitely happened with the Archangel and Gundam Seed. But in a more realistic setting, this ship would be out for months and everyone would be reassigned. De- Depends, but yeah, something that advanced would probably take a long time to repair. Unless the Tonhauser is so module that they can literally lift it out and put another one in. I doubt that. Not something that size. Although they did have that one just kind of freehanding earlier. Uh, that was that the was other a side. Grin, but also, especially with the amount of damage the bow took when it exploded. I do like the shot of all the body bags that are ostensibly belonging to the people who died when the Tonhauser exploded. Yep. The fact that they pointed out at all, look, there were corpses. Gladys is like, well, I'd appreciate it if you could hurry at least. Sorry, that's like all I ever say to you guys. And like, Rackhand's like, no, I get it. Well, you need your ship to be operational. And then we get a shot of um, them loading up what Heine's uh, personal effects and taking them away from the Archangel. The Minerva. Yeah, the Minerva. Sorry, I, I was thinking of when they have they tell Sai to go unload all of Kira's stuff. With the two boxes. Yeah, a nice slow emotional scene. No one told Haitian go get all of Jaime's stuff. Although he probably would have said, no, I'm a warman. I don't do that. <laughs> They're just like, all right, we got all of his shit. We're leaving now. You do it, Mayron. Poor Mayron. Uh, they also loot as the stuff is leaving. And look uh, like pensive. And Well, they get like flashbacks. I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be Shin thinking about it because we see Shin losing his arm to the ar- to the uh, the freedom. Yeah, I read it as Atherin, interestingly, because of the outside view. I can see either one, though. I also read it as Atherin, but... Well, because they're both lined up right next to yeah. each other. And so. have damn near identical expressions. I read it as Shin because it showed the impulse. Like I get the outside shot, but at the same time... That's how it was animated in the last episode anyway. But we also had in-cockpit shots of Shin while it was happening, and it, we don't see any of those. I, I, I think you can read it either way, very easily. I think you might be supposed to. So anyway, Shin's like, hey, 
This wouldn't have happened to Heine if they hadn't jumped into the battle like that or if he'd been paying any fucking attention. To be fair, Shinden wasn't watching him go wazily to the left. Um, He only had Atherin's report of it, and Atherin was like, yeah. I would presume that Atherin's gun cams probably would show exactly what happened. Yeah, but would Shin have gone and watched those? Probably not. So anyway, Shin's like, yeah, this is all because of them. Like, what was with them anyway? Just demanding the battle be stopped? Like, and uh, are they really actually the Archangel and the Freedom? And Atherin is just like, yes, that was them. Like, he doesn't say anything, but he just, like, glares at the crowd like, yes, I know that was both of them, but I don't know why they're doing that. And I actually think Shin's got a reasonable point where he's like, what is Orb doing? They have to be idiots, especially since I presume he assumes the Archangel and Freedom are attached to the Orb forces well, it would make, from his perspective. It makes a lot of sense, because where was the Archangel last? It yeah. was in Orb. Who was yelling at the Orb forces to stop? Their chief representatives. Like, the logical leap is they're part of Orb's military. And, I mean, he couldn't see this, but they're all wearing orb military uniforms. Yep. So... Atherin flashes back to Kira being awkward with a bunch of kids and giving Kigali a fancy ring. And Heine being like, so who would you mind finding? Before I knew where this episode was going, I was like, is this Atherin slowly deciding that he wants to make enemies of Kira? He wants to try his hand at killing Kira again? It worked okay the first time. And their dual history, he's got the edge. He gets a uh, flashback to Heine dying, so that's the second time this episode we've seen him die. I was actually going to comment on, I might as well just say it now, this episode pads a lot. There was so much. Especially early on here. Then we get a shot of Nickel dying again. Which, to be fair, I think is relevant as a reminder. Because they are similar situations. And we haven't seen it in a while, so. They're trying to draw the parallel, probably a little too hard, since, like we said, it's definitely Heine's fault that he just... Was in the way of the Gaia Gundam. It was. It's not like Kira like misplaced his beam saber and killed Hayane. <laughs> we also get a flashback to that time Atherin murdered Kira. I do like that Atherin's like, well, dwelling on this isn't going to do anything. I should keep moving. Yeah. Well, I think he's like, so what do I do? Kill Kira? He's like, well, I remember how that went the first time. I, I tried that. It didn't take. And I felt like absolute garbage. Then we cut to Ray's cool study where he just has like a picture of the moon up. Where he's uh, updating his blog. Yes, I'm stealing your joke, Tyler. <laughs> David. He's copying files, and I legitimately don't remember why he's doing this. I can think of a lot of things this might be leading to, actually. I I'll think stuff I remember later. I think I might know what this is supposed to be yeah. for. The thing is, I have multiple theories. But I'm not entirely sure. So, okay, really quick aside, um, because we know that Ray is kind of a Durundle fanboy. Is Ray like a weird double agent type of situation on the Minerva? I don't remember how it all shakes down, but no. Okay. I think you're like on a correct like trail, but he's definitely the most loyal person to Durundle on the ship, including the person who is having sex with him. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Gladys doesn't seem to have any particular affiliation to Durundle, other than, like... <laughs> Fun times. One, you know, being president, or space president and stuff, but, like, other than that, like, she doesn't, like, she doesn't bring him up ever, so yeah. it doesn't seem like he's guiding or influencing her actions that much. Yeah, definitely, Ray is the most, like, interested in his philosophy. And he, then he ejects what looks like a microfilm container. Yeah, you can tell this takes place in the future because he has this floppy disc-looking thing. <laughs> Just like Cowboy Bebop, with their laser discs. USBs existed in 2005. So we cut to Atherin telling Gladys that he's going to go look for the Archangel. I do actually kind of like that Atherin is up front with Gladys when he tells her, I was at the battle, but I was on the Archangel fighting against Zaf. And that I likely know the Freedom and the Ar- and the Archangel's crew. Like, they're probably, like, my best friends. And also, my fiancé? 
Although I also do kind of like that he doesn't really ask permission so much as just tell Gladys I'm going unless you need me to stay. Well, yeah, and she doesn't have the authority to make him say, stay, she even says. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Is I like the fact that he doesn't ask. He's not asking her. He, he actually asserts. Yeah, he, he's using the authority that he uh, that he's supposed to have. And like Gladys is even like on the Archangel's side almost. She's like, well, it just seemed like they were trying to stop the orb forces from fighting. But Atherin's like, I'm sure they could have done it without ending up with people dying. And there like, might be information they don't know. They tried pretty damn yeah, hard to gonna... not kill anybody. This is actually my complaint with a lot of this episode is Atherin's like, really like, man, they could have done without anyone dying unnecessarily. That battle was so orderly and no one was dying until Kira showed up. And, well, and even Gladys is like, yeah, I mean, I hate them for destroying our uh, Tonhauser, but we don't know how it was going to go if they didn't show up. Yeah. Like, we were outnumbered. They were outnumbered and outgunned pretty heavily. Which is not really a point Athrun ever acknowledges, because the same discussion happens later with Kira and Athrun. And that's where I, when you said melodrama, that's exactly what I thought of. Yeah, because that is one of those things where this character should be smarter than this. And he has been proven to be so before, and that that's part of why it's frustrating. Yeah, Gladys says it was an unnecessary battle leading to an unnecessary sacrifice, but we don't know what would have happened if they hadn't shown up. So it's very much... What you were saying. Heine might have gotten distracted and lazy, and the guy would still have been there, and he could have yep. still flown well, off into its path. Heine might have made a mistake fighting the guy and gotten shot in the back by one of the hundreds of mobile suits <laughs> that were blacking out the sky. There's, uh, that Kira disabled. Remember all of those? There's an excellent scene in uh, Order of the Sick. Where they're like going out to fight an army of a bunch of low level things, and everyone's like, Oh, you guys are high level, it should be fine. And Haley's like, Well, eventually one of these mooks is gonna get lucky and roll a crit, and if that happens enough, we're gonna die anyway. And that's basically the situation they had. So, anyway, Gladys is like, Well, then I can't stop you, so good luck. And Athens like, Hey, your boss just died, and I'm the other boss, are you sure you'll be fine? And then we cut to him launching in the savior. Yeah, and he just takes off as in jet mode and is like, I am out of here. And apparently didn't tell anyone where he was going. I mean, he is socially awkward. He's also not required to tell anyone where he's going. They're his subordinates. He doesn't have to tell them shit. Anyway, Ray knocks on the captain's door and is like, hey, mom, can I come in? I got this sweet microfilm. Uh, meanwhile, cut to a bazaar where Mir Campbell is on TV radio. I've never seen a TV with those proportions or, like, that dial before. I have. Um, okay. My dad used to have one. Yeah, it's a very 1970s TV. The TV part basically didn't work anymore, so he used it as a radio, but I have seen something like that I before. own one. Uh, Millie is in the bazaar trying to get info. Set to this On what? I'm not sure. Nor am I. And Atherin Zala has rented a cool car because he only drives cool cars. I like to think that he's spending so long with his GPS because the sunglasses are, like, preventing him from <laughs> seeing it because <laughs> the screen's not bright enough. No, it's got one of those polarization things on his glasses so he can't really see it. I've had that problem before. So he's driving his cool car and in a miracle coincidence just sees Millie on the street and he's like, wait a minute. I know her. <laughs> Th that said, as soon as it juxtaposed the two of them, I was hoping this is exactly how the oh. scene played out and then, then it did. Oh, yeah. My so. fa least favorite thing about Cinema Sins is when they're like, oh, what a coincidence that this happened. I'm like, yeah, it's called a story. <laughs> it was what you call a series of coincidences. And he's like, it's calling after her and she's like, huh? <laughs> I Granted, love how I, baffled I, he looks. Well, I understand why either one of them is like, what the fuck are you doing here? 
would you honestly have expected to run into somebody in the middle of nowhere, basically? Like, who would have expected to run into either of these characters here? And this is the scene we remembered. Wow, okay. <laughs> yes, this one. <laughs> this wasn't even on my list. Of Mirielli and uh, Ather catching up and being like, wow, so you photograph wars now? And you're back in Zaft? <laughs> what about you and Diarca? <laughs> Specifically the Diarca bit. Yep. And where Athens like, oh, hey, yeah, I thought Diarca while I was up there, and Millie is like... Like, you two were I a love, thing, right? And she, I love Millie looks like he just farted. I love her expression. She doesn't look offended so much as, like, confused that he even thought that she would care. I think there might be a line in the English dub there. I very much remember, and it might be a later scene where we hear, but I remember this scene there being a part where Mirielle's like, yeah, we tried it, it didn't work out. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all, yeah. honestly. They have very little in common. Uh, it's one of, like, the best things, like, I feel like Destiny did. That looks like, yeah, they were written to each other, so they tried it, but... They were too yeah. different to actually have it work out. But yeah, so he, he he covers it and is like, oh, that's a bad topic. So I'm looking for the Archangel. It's like, yeah, can you tell me anything, please? I would love to know anything. It's like, also, they got Orange Spice killed. Millie asks if things were a mess. But it's weird, because, like, were things a mess? I know all about it. I mean, she might be, like, from your perspective, like, because I assume if you watch a battle, it looks like a mess no matter what. She would know it's kind of different when you're part of that battle. Okay, that's fair enough. And she's got photos of, of Orange Spice dying. He was pretty close to the ground where she was... Although yeah, she that wasn't was a... near that island. She was in a bunch of trees. Yeah, off to the, like, if the bay is facing north, she was off to the northeast. It was pretty well established that she had good line of sight on it, though. And so he's like, I just want to talk to them. Can you get me in contact? And Millie's like vetting him. He's like, hey, you are with Zaft. Well, to be fair, like that makes a lot of sense. He's technically against what they're doing. And eventually she caves and she's like, yeah, I can get in contact with them. On, on the one hand, I would like to know exactly how she can get in contact with them. On the other hand, I would definitely believe it since all the other Archangel crew can apparently get into contact with each other. I assume that she was like on the backup list of emergency Archangel crew. Well, that's what I'm saying is that yeah. apparently all the other Archangel crew can talk to each other. So she must have some way to get in contact with them. And she's like, yeah, I haven't been to Orb in a long time either. You were probably there more recently than me. But from what I heard, it sounds like it sucks. I can't imagine anybody being happy about that, including Kira, since he didn't seem to want to do shit last time I saw him. Uh, so cut to the Archangel underwater in some pirate ruins. I'm pretty sure that's a scene in the new Godzilla movie. <laughs> oh my, this is so freaking stupid. Welcome to the Angel Bath. So apparently when they rebuilt the Archangel, they made sure that the contractor added a traditional Japanese bath, which had different men and women section. That's about enough for three people. So, I did not realize this scene was supposed to be happening on the Archangel yeah. until you said that just now. That's why they showed an establishing shot of the Archangel underwater. I thought they were just parked somewhere. Yeah, no, that wouldn't that make a lot of sense? Oh, I'm so, why? I mean, on the one hand, it is historically accurate to say at least some Japanese ships in World War II had, like, wood paneling and, like, tatami mats and stuff on the ground for the soldiers because it made them feel more at home. On the other hand, fucking bath? It definitely wasn't on the old ship either, right? Or we definitely would have got shots of Nataral and Maru yeah. and Moo or in the bath. Flay and uh, Miri, Miri yeah. in the bath. I'm just... Maybe they're slowly converting the Archangel into like some sort of cruise liner. And it's like, that's their long-term goal is uh, Maru and Waltfeld are going to co-own like a space cruise liner. I've, I just find myself contrasting the traditional Japanese bath scene here with the bath scene in Full Metal Panic where they're on board the Dodonin, which is a submarine. But they so is the Archangel. But Go they on. establish that it is the 
the bat they're using is actually on there to like clean other machinery and whatnot, and they just the captain just co-ops it for a bath whenever it's not in use. To be fair, they have clearly hung a banner over it, so maybe this is a kind of similar situation. But with all the rocks and other crap on there, maybe uh, they thought this to bring them in. Yeah, after they decided to co-opt it. Also, isn't Full Metal Panic generally regarded as a good show? Yes. <laughs> well, kind of. I think more people would say Full Metal Panic is good than Gundam Sea Destiny is good. Probably right. Uh, so anyway, Angel Bath. We, <laughs> we have Kiriyamato <laughs> just chillaxing in the His bath by himself. Drop. I almost felt Walt, which Walt felt was with him. I understand why he's not, but... I mean, the backdrop does make, if you're going to go for something like this, a mural backdrop like that makes sense. So, and that's part of why I didn't realize this was on the ship. Oh, you thought that was like a mountain in the back? Yeah, I thought the, some, yep. like it, the real problem with this scene is it really could just be they parked and went to a hot springs because they're teenagers and were just in a tense battle and need to blow off some steam. But that is but, pretty obvious that's not what they did. Does this room show up again? In the series. I, I don't remember it showing up again. I don't remember it at all. I do remember this scene vaguely. I remember a Lacus and a Kigali in a spa scene. Okay. But I also thought that was just they were parked and, you know. Like yep. we said, we forgot this episode basically Yeah, existed. that's fair. I just like, uh, it didn't need to have a bathhouse on the ship and it could have just been that instead. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we also cut to the mess hall where Walt is doing some great eating. <laughs> Akagali is sulking over in the women's bath, and Lacus comes in in a very sexy towel to try to cheer her up. It seems like her original plan was to go cheer Kira up, and she got the <laughs> wrong one. She's like, well, you probably need it too. As long as I'm here. Well, you're his sister, so close enough, I guess. Uh, Walt felt like, hey, Zaft is going to be looking out for us now. Like, we wasted our surprise attack, basically. We get a nice shot of Lacus's butt. Yes, I do like it. Thank you. Don't know that I needed it. I do have deviant art, but I will take it. <laughs> this is just full on fan service scene just that I, bit i can't help but think that the women's side of the bath is actually smaller. much smaller <laughs> it does look that way it might be also they don't play into this at all but i do kind of like the fact that lacus's hair looks like it's put up into horns or cat ears but only from the back <laughs> so she decides to start operation cheer this girl up by just water squirt getting her with her hands which i do love because clearly it shocks Kigali out of whatever like brooding she is doing. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like it's so immature what she's doing. And then Kira hears her like telling Lacus to stop, and it's just like, what the fuck? Is what am going I missing on? over there? Although he does seem to like smile, he's like, oh, Lacus is going to cheer up. Good Lacus job, is Lacus. doing Lacus things. Yeah, yeah. She's certainly done that before and before in the bath. There's no question. <laughs> he was just having a brood bath, and she just walked up fully clothed and just did that, and then walked off once. You cannot convince me it didn't happen. So Lack is like, hey, hey, fugitive president from a nation that's at a war you don't agree with. Is something bothering you? <laughs> and Kalyala's like, I'm just curious if we're doing the right thing. Which is on theme for the episode. I buy it much more from the Archangel crew that they're worried about if they did the right thing or not. Because they clearly failed in their goal of getting well, to pull out. Yeah, like, they failed, but that doesn't mean trying to stop it was wrong. Uh, no, but I certainly think, like... No, it is definitely questions people would, would be asking themselves afterwards. So Lacus has some, like, very basic advice of, like... She's just like, uh, decide what you want to do and then do it. You can't it's, just sit around. It's kind of the same thing she told Kira before. And I do really like that we get flashbacks to her dad dying, and I think this is what Lacus did, where, like, this oh, sure. is the moment where she's like, well, I'm going to steal the Eternal and go hang out with my boyfriend and... 
fight a two-person war if that's what we have to do. It also so, like weirdly sounds like Winston Churchill advice, right? It's just incredibly obvious and, and to the point. But it's also like something I think you would see in a self-help book about leadership. So yeah, I anybody mean, else just hear Shia LaBeouf? I love the repeat scene just because it's one of genuinely my favorite Lackis client scenes of her like confiding in Kira, hey, my dad's dead. And I just had to be so tough leading to Costa and Waltfell. I'm pretty sure those are the only people in my organization. They're the only ones I need. I finally can like be a human. Actually, I don't think that throughout that whole thing, it was more, like she was leading Waltfell, but she had to. Be like the figurehead for yeah. everybody else. Yeah, should be, be the mafia boss. Y- you are right. Waltfelt is a self leader. You are correct. Because because Waltfelt does not need. I was just naming the, the members of the Klein faction. Yeah, yeah, it's just he doesn't need the uh, the figurehead really to look to because he's kind of his own figurehead. Yeah, it could have been the Waltfelt faction in a different world if there were no Kleins to fill that. In role. theory, but honestly, I don't know that that would really work out just because Waltfelt, while he's a good commander, he's not the kind of. He doesn't popular have clear figure. motivation either. And like. he's not as popular of a figure as Lackis Yeah, is. that's true. And her, his dad wasn't president. True. Yeah, like, I can't see what Walfeld's actual reason for starting the Three Ships Alliance would have been. I mean, starting a subversive faction within Zaft, like an anti-war faction. I, I don't think he would have done it. You don't think so? You, no. You think he needed somebody to do it and for him to be like, yes, that's what we should be doing? I, I think, I think so, yes. Because that's exactly on point for his character when he meets with Kira. Because he's saying, true, I don't know... Yeah. He's, he's saying, I don't know what to do to stop it. And, and here comes Lacus when he gets back to the plant and says, I have a plan to stop and it. And he's like, that's crazy enough to work, but you're not going to succeed, but I'm going to join you because that's also what I want to yeah, do. That, that's You're a crazy bitch. I don't think that's going to work. I'm in. <laughs> exactly, yes. You crazy son of a bitch. I'm in. I'm, in. <laughs> I'm sad that we don't get to count Lacus's dad for Ghost Dad, especially <laughs> since all of it is just him being riddled with bullets. Also, sadly, I... Forgot to upload the Ghost Dad track for this episode to the Dropbox. So, so we'll have to talk about that next week. Yeah, I was going to say double Ghost Dad counting next week. Because I do, the biggest thing I like about this scene is like, we haven't really had a Kigali Lacus scene since both their dads died. But they really do have so much in common, except for that Lacus kind of stepped up and became this huge leader figure. Like, of her own will, almost. Like, she forced herself to do it, and Kigali was almost just forced in it. Actually, we, I don't think we've ever actually had a Kigali Lacus scene period because they like Kigali and Lacus don't even meet until after their dads are both dead also this scene passes the Bechdel test right uh yes huh. I mean well thinking about their fathers but yeah it is like is does it count for the Bechdel test if they're both actually talking about their fathers but not at all talking about their fathers that's a good question although they're not they're talking about how to react to the they're yeah. talking about the situation forward. and but moving forward. They're not really talking about their fathers. They're flashing back yeah, to what puts them in the situation. Them. Well, and I think also to some extent, Lackis is thinking about her own reaction that made her follow that advice. And I think that is also causing Kigali to think about how her father would have followed that advice. Mm-hmm. Or that he probably would have given her the same advice. Yeah, or something very similar. The background <laughs> behind kinda, Kira was different. I do kind of love how we get like just flashes of Kira during the conversation. <laughs> just being it's like, just like, huh. Somewhere between confused and concerned. Like, what are you here for, anyway? He's just taking a bath. He's like, now I'm brooding. Dang it. And as Kigala's getting dressed, she sees Atherin's ring and decides to put it back on. Which is the first time she's done it since she tried to give it back to him, right? I believe so. Then she gave it to Kira. Yeah, because Kira put it on her when they went and got her back. He gave it back to her. Because she gave it to him and was like, hey, you have to hold on to this for me. And then we get the eye catch. You know what sounds awesome to me right now? My own private hot springs. You know what I don't have? 
anything resembling that, but that's fine. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the mid-spot in this episode. I really actually have nothing to say here, so rate us on iTunes and like give us some thumbs up on Spotify. Can you even do that with podcasts on that platform? I don't think so. That's not the point. Break the boundaries. You're meant to do that. Anyway, uh, let's hop right back to the episode and go watch some sweet Scooby-Doo adventures. Cut to Shin being like, you want us to solve a mystery? You have come to the wrong person. <laughs> it's an official order from headquarters to send you on reconnaissance duty. Well, I mean, that's actually not a bad bad idea. Send them on reconnaissance duty. They've got the uh, the jet fighter portion of the impulse. It seems like a decent idea. Fly overhead, take a few pictures. Except for what they're actually still sending him to do is to solve a Scooby-Doo. I know. <laughs> so really quick, I was thinking that like, it's kind of weird that he's objecting to that order. I'm like, I feel like the Crusade kids would have jumped on a mystery. I'm like, no, never mind. Isaac would have exactly complained in this exact same way. <laughs> never mind. It's like, that doesn't sound like there are any honorable warriors for me to fight. <laughs> but then Diarca would have said something snarky, and then Atherin would have just dragged him over there anyway. And Nickel would have been dead. Poor Arthur has to command all by himself. He can't be like, and now Atherin will tell you the details. He actually has to do his job now. He's like, anyway, we got information from a local about this weird backwoods research facility. Is this supposed to imply that Ray is that local? I think it's supposed to imply that the data that Ray gave to Talia is attached to this, but I don't think it actually is. Yeah, I think uh, a local is a cover, is the way I interpret this, but I can't remember That's how also how I goes. interpreted it, but do we ever get to see how the scene goes? Like I said, I don't remember. Okay. I have a theory. I don't remember exactly how that's supposed to go or anything like that. Just knowing certain events later. Anyway, cars, aircraft, and mobile suits go in, but don't come out. So Ray and Shen are going to investigate. She's like, that's lame. Well, it's not like we've got anybody else on board to send over there. Luna's missing. And Ray is like, oh, I don't have Atherin to tell Shen to cut it out. I have to do it again. I assume Luna's taking short leave. We're going to see what Luna's doing. Well, I know what she's doing. Why is she not on the ship? Again, I can't remember, but she does have a gyrocopter. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to comment on that. And all kinds of fancy gear. Well, and the fact that she had all that fancy gear and stuff made me wonder if she was specifically sent out to go track Atherin. Either that or she's going full on stalker for Atherin. I mean, I can believe either is the problem. Yeah, maybe both. So Shin is like kind of being whitey and they counter with a what if we find a bunker full of munitions and stuff go do it and he is like okay yeah cut to atherin in a fancy hotel room listening to windows media player <laughs> uh but speaking of someone someone is looking at him through secret wait, spy wait, whoa, goggles whoa, whoa, whoa. capsule yeah it's standby program shift and capsule on these <laughs> glasses <is> hard zach <laughs> well, also, it's, it's movie <laughs> well here's the thing all of those well they don't really mean anything at least they're all correct capsule is um, a typo that it looks like it's probably a typo but maybe that is something that is a real thing about cameras that we just don't know about i'm pretty sure it's lives. a typo given that the b and the n are right next to each other i again i agree but i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt also english is probably even harder when you have to like set up an english keyboard for your computer. well already not auspicious because the first result that comes up on google is did you mean cancel <laughs> <laughs> you dumbass. I, I don't know how Atherin doesn't notice Luna Maria, because she's just like, 
right next to his hotel, I mean, staring he, at it through binoculars. He's not expecting that he would be tailed, so why would he be looking for a He's tail? very intensely remembering the deaths of Nickel and Heine. Now that you say that out loud, I now want him to be holding a snifter of brandy while brooding. <laughs> no, he's underage. Bruni doesn't seem to be, like, super excited about her stalking, at the very least. She's expecting him to do something, I think, because she's suspicious and just waiting for him to slip up somehow. So we see the Archangel's buoy again. It's secret spy buoy. And they get a transmission from somebody. A super spy-ass transmission. I saw an angel at Dardanelles. I wish to meet him again. It's both spy and romance novel. (laughs) The Red Knight is also looking for the princess. Please respond. Sign Billy! (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's just part of her beat up. Like, she needed to fill out the syllables. And she's like, oh, my name, it's perfect. Maru's just like, Muralia. And then, like, the Red Knight fuck is she talking about and golly's like oh obviously that's my boyfriend well i mean it does make some sense when you actually think about it because who always piloted a red mobile suit and Atherin. i and right. i have refer- heard uh kira referred to as the knight in gundanium armor whose <laughs> princess just keeps handing him new swords every time he breaks them <laughs> well, i guess i broke another sword <laughs> that's okay kira built you a shinier one it has even more gold in it it has even more guns did you want funnels does he get funnels? Stay tuned. <laughs> Did they just make the new Gundam? He doesn't course? get funnels, Tyler. Technically, that's true. Um, <laughs> They're called bits. Jeez. <laughs> that's double lot. <laughs> no, bits are also from the original Gundam. Uh, uh, the difference between funnels and bits is that funnels have individual power sources and bits run off the power of the mobile suit. Oh, okay. They have a very badass Nade and Gundam seed. You won't get it. Badass in a trying a little bit too hard. <laughs> I think it's actually been mentioned uh, almost certainly in the in at the end of Gundam Seed, but I, I think not you mentioned you to, it. I may have, and so like I guess Muriela must have been at Dar, uh, Dardanelles. That doesn't really prove anything. Well, and but... then the other guys like she does work as a freelance news photographer, so it's not like it'd be unusual. And Kalgar's like, oh my god, Atherin's gonna return. It'll be just like the Three Ships Alliance. Minus two ships. And Walthold's like, so what's the play, kid? And Kigali seems taken aback that Walthold is not optimistic about that. <laughs> because we all know Lachis is in charge, but she lets you talk, so. <laughs> I, I love how Walthold's That logic is, doesn't make The message sense. is a little too fancy for someone to try and set up a trap. Or just Actually, fancy it's enough. fancy enough. That's how they I would trap James Bond. They, they wouldn't come out and say, it's a trap, please meet me. Well, I think his reasoning is that... Like, it might mili- be a li- like military HQ would try to be less flowery. They try to, or a little less obtuse, because you don't want to risk setting up a trap and then not having the person fall into it because they couldn't understand your cryptic ass message. But also, I think that's bonkers logic anyway. So that is fair. That's like just the only justification I could come up with. And Maru responds with, "Anybody could have made the connection between Miriali and us. It's, it's not like it was hidden." Yeah, but the Newman is like, "Yeah, but she would know how to contact the ship and." I guess that someone could have her hostage. Yeah, hold. that's what I was thinking. Although, also, Millie would probably not sell them out. But it's been two years, who knows? That's true. Maybe she's in massive debt. So Lack is like, what's the play, Kira? And he's like, I'll go to talk to him alone. I had to immediately have the thought of, because like, I was like, well, let's send Kira to meet with them. He says he'll do it. And I'm like, actually, you want to send probably the most disposable member of this crew, which means, hate to say it, Waltfeld? I feel like... N- <laughs> or Lackis. Because neither, because either one of them is not really necessary, and if either one is captured, Kira's gonna be needed to go break them out. I would actually have volunteered Lackis just because she's probably the most diplomatic and also uh, has ties to Atherin anyway. I was gonna say, because she can bully him into joining them again? Also that, yes. <laughs> well, there, there is that. But if you're worried about it possibly being a trap, which they 
pretty clearly are, at least in certain cases. Like, Wallfield's still fairly worried it might be a trap. Conversely, if it is a trap, Kira's the most likely person to be able to shoot his way out of it. True, but it really depends on, like, the degree and nature of the trap. Also, I feel like not Newman, but the other guy with the curly hair and the glasses is the most disposable member of the Archangel crew. Depends on how short-staffed they are, really. That's true. We have no idea. Lackas could run comms, or nav, or whatever the heck the curly-haired guy does. Anyway, Kara's like, hey, if he's returned, he can tell us about the plants, and we need information. But we obviously don't want to take the giant battleship out to beat him, so... Although I do like Waltfeld's reaction, because Waltfeld has the look on his face after Kira starts talking. You know, I like that logic. Let's do that. Kara's like, me too. Plus one. I need to talk to my boyfriend. <laughs> and Kira's like, fine, yeah, I'll take you. She does look like a puppy when <laughs> yeah. she can go. And Maru looks concerned. So does Lacus. Cut to the sun. I mean, it, ma- it does make sense. They're going to talk to Atherin, and clearly something's been going on. Atherin. And then he runs out of the room, giving Luna the cue that something important is going on. After he hangs up the phone. Like, he gets a call, presumably from Miri, saying, hey, it's on. <laughs> you apparently just hid the savior in the forest. That is some original Gundam ass shit. And as previously mentioned, Luna follows him in a goddamn recon chopper with an army helmet. It's a very good look for her, by the way. It's okay. Like, it's super dumb that these choppers don't have fully enclosed canopies. Yes. Um, A lot of small gyrocopters like that do not, for whatever reason. It it does depend. I say recon copter. This isn't necessarily meant for combat, right? In which case... If it is military, it it should have an enclosed cockpit. I just always assumed that because of the way it looks like a lot of the the Zapt Zapt choppers that we've seen, it looks like it's probably another Zapt chopper. So it's like, this thing should have an enclosed cockpit. Which is clearly using like military issue binoculars based on all that techno babble that was on them. Now she just bought $400 binoculars because they came with Call of Duty 2 as a (laughs) pre-order. I think there actually was one. Yes, there was. It's uh, Modern Warfare 2, not Call of Duty. It came with night vision goggles as a pre-order. I remember bonus. hearing about that. So Shin launches the Impulse. To go on his reconnaissance mission. Like, honestly, this is one of those things that I was thinking of. It's like, you know, to go on a reconnaissance mission to go check out an area that's having a lot of people. Just sending the core fighter Yeah, why wouldn't you just take the core fighter? Make sense. But no, they're like, we have to go through the entire... Tran- or the entire launch sequence for this is another one of those times where out. I think it's padding, yeah. Although to be fair, they do not then have Ray launch, but maybe that's just because he's on a ghoul and they don't have footage of him launching <laughs> on a ghoul. It's just it's just super weird to do your initial reconnaissance with them on the ground and fly the mobile suits out there. Meanwhile, the freedom comes out of the sea. They do some cool rock climbing. I like how. Okay, never mind. I thought Kigali had a uh, sweater or something tied around her waist instead of a belt. I'm like, I like how they knew exactly where they were going and that they are only going to be there for 15 minutes, but she still <laughs> tied a sweater around her waist for this outfit. I feel like they don't know how long they're going to be there. Also, speaking of belts, Kara is back in his belt outfit. <laughs> uh, Mary, He Elia- looks rather strapping. Mary Elia runs up first. And she seems genuinely excited to see Kira again. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, we already know it's probably, it's been like two years since they last spoke. Or at least last saw each other. And she's like, yeah, I couldn't believe it when I saw you in the Freedom. I mean, I heard you literally kidnapped Kigali, and God, do I wish I was there. But <laughs> I still could barely believe it. And I was like, yeah, um, anyway, where's my boyfriend? Smooth transition. Kigali. And yeah, so Miri's like, well, I uh, had to be careful about what I said. So uh, he's actually with Zaft. And then with perfect timing, Atherin shows up in the Savior. And Kira's like, hey, I recognize that. I didn't shoot it. 
I wonder why I didn't shoot it in hindsight. <laughs> it was still clearly armed. And I guess that's also a reason for them to go out and trust seeing Atherin. Like, they think it might be a trap, but they don't think it's a Zaft trap. I get the feeling that the reason why Kira didn't shoot the savior, barring the fact that, you know... Plot. Plot. It's also, like, Atherin fired at him, like, once to try and get his attention and then basically just flew around not doing anything. Yeah, I actually think he discarded the savior as a threat. Yeah. It's like, if it does something, I'll take care of it. But yeah. but it's clearly just, like, flying around in circles, whatever the hell it's doing. Because he didn't shoot at Ray or Luna either. But he wasn't near the Minerva. The di- I think the difference there is, like, geog- is- geography is not the word. Geometry. So, Atherin comes down on the lift wire. And there are three very determined people looking at him. It's like, sup, Kira and Kigali. Like, it's pretty, pretty <laughs> does easily... does not acknowledge Millie. Well, he already met her... Yeah, back, they, they so. had coffee. It's it fine. is pretty easy to see that there are kind of like two sides to this when he walks up because he's a little bit higher than they are. And Millie, Kigali, and Kira are all standing on one side and he's on the other. Yeah, it's a well-blocked shot. Gundam see Destiny has co- good composition sometimes. Frequently, its battle scenes are its redeeming quality. And so Kigali immediately is back to being Kigali, how I've missed her. <laughs> and she's like, why did you join Zaft, you idiot? What's the big idea? I was very worried also. Yeah, now let me the, punch kiss you. Uh, allow me to explain. I do have feelings, and that's why I'm angry. Like she's, I couldn't even contact you because we were underwater, and then we get a shot of Luna with the big radar listening dish and headphones. <laughs> I think this um, rules out her being a hobbyist spy of Atherin, <laughs> as much as I prefer that narrative. <laughs> this means she's either full blown stalker or somebody sent her here after him. And Killer's like, "Why did you return to Zaft?" And he's like, hey, I think it's the right thing to do. He's, well, he says at the time, I thought it would be the best thing to do. For me and or. Which kind of implies that he may be thinking otherwise about that choice now. Yeah. And Kigali's like, what do you mean for Orb? And Kira's like, calm down. Don't punch kiss him. We need to get him for information. <laughs> they have a moment. It's blocked very similarly to the cherry blossom moment. Somehow we don't get a flashback to it. <laughs> or. And again, this was also supposed to be very similar to the Cherry Blossom moment. The moment in Orb when they're on the other sides of the fence. We never get a flashback to the Cherry Blossoms in Destiny, do we? We haven't yet. I don't I think we do. Hmm. We'll see. I so, like how Kira's first question to Atherin is, is that your machine? He's like, let's talk shop. It's no justice. It's all right. He's like, so you were there the other day. He's like, yep, I'm with the Minerva. Which everyone finds mildly shocking. Oh, you mean the Kira sh- shot at it. <laughs> the ship I shot? Please don't tell me how many people I killed. I know it was some, but I'd like to pretend. <laughs> Athens like, yeah, I tried to get a hold of you, but I couldn't. Athens like, anyway, why did you do something so foolish? Like a foolish fool. <laughs> it's like, there was chaos on the battlefield as a result. Kira's like, yeah, because it was so orderly before yeah. we showed up. And you would be like, blot out the sun! <laughs> Battlefields are generally pretty chaotic places. They're, they're not exactly known... We knew exactly who was going to die before then. Also, I'm not saying my friend died because of you, but my friend died because of you. Again. Dick. What the fuck do you think that makes it my problem? I do like how Kigali's first is like, something so foolish, what do you mean? It's like, I never do foolish things, Baka. That was an orb fleet they were about to fight. He's like, yeah, I had to intervene. He's like, we just wanted to stop the battle. And Atherin's like, hey, you're supposed to wear the big boy pants, remember? Did you actually think they'd retreat just because you told them to? Well, they were actually on the verge of doing so. They considered it. But Atherin is like, hey, you should have been back there doing something. Like, you don't need to, like, pop up in the middle of a fight. You need to, like, be with Orb and stop them from joining the Alliance in the first place. Close up on Atherin's ring, which he sees is like, oh shit, I did propose to her. I think also, um... He just accused her of, like, why aren't you at Orb? And then, oh, yeah, you would have married that guy. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, like, good point. Basically, what like he said, I, you should have stopped them from joining the alliance in the first place. But it's like, you know, that ship has sailed. You can't really go back and do anything about it now. I also read it as him feeling like a schmuck for like, yeah. oh, right, the reason you're not there is because you were going to be forcefully married. Well, to I, I think that's the case. My my thing about Atherin is one of those. Dude, it, that ship has sailed. They can't exactly stop them from joining the alliance now. So this was about the best they could try. Cut to Shin and Ray, who have found the mysterious facility that they knew where it was. Good job, guys. Congratulations. So Kira is like, time to talk. He's like, so if you're with Zaft, what are you going to do? Like, what's the move? What's the play? I mean, Why are you looking for us? That's a perfectly valid question. You're with the bad guys now. What are you doing here? And Kira's like, hey, that's not fair, Kira. But Atherton answers anyway. He's like, hey, it's because I wanted to stop you from doing something like that again. Durundal's a good guy. Junior 7 was a terrible incident. But like, as since then, the Earth forces are just, it's a fiasco. Which, to be fair, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then, but Kira comes Ooh. back after Atherton's like, Durundal's a great guy. He's like, no, he's not. He's kind of a dick. Why did they shoot at my girlfriend? Yeah, he's like, he's just a very cutting. He's like, the thing I can't understand is why he has that fake black as Clyde. And also why coordinator special forces tried to kill the real one. That's my sticking point with Zaft right now, actually. <laughs> is they got very close to murdering my girlfriend. If that guy had been higher in initiative. <laughs> I mean, maybe Kira has a get down Mr. President move. It seems like one he would take. I don't know. I still think John T. Bentman had a good shot. Yeah, well, I mean, he would have, but the thing is, Kira doesn't take any uh, feats for on foot. They're all for piloting his Gundam. <laughs> yeah, but some have to apply to both, right? That are niche situations. Yeah, but I think all of his Gundam fighting skills are attached not to defense or protecting other people. They're all for uh, outnumbered fighting because he's always <laughs> outnumbered. But, I mean, you cannot convince me that he does not have improved initiative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. He probably has improved initiative, I'm just saying. Yeah, so Atherin tries to defend Durandal, and Kira's just like, so what's with the weird, what's with what's the fake Lacus? What's with sexy Lacus Klein? Regular Lacus Klein and is fine. <laughs> Atherin can't, like, Atherin doesn't have a comeback for that. Yeah, well, because he didn't know this. And I feel like his, well, no, he, he's he knew oddly about the, close to Mir, right? He, he knew about the fake Lacus, yeah. well, and that's what he doesn't have a comeback to. Something. It's when he's like, and why was the real one killed by coordinators that Atherin really doesn't have, like... And we see a reaction from Luna as yeah. well, because obviously she doesn't know that the one she's been talking to is actually not Lacus. Uh, meanwhile, cut to Shin and Ray going into the Joker's fucking funhouse <laughs> on foot, because Zaft has no ground forces, I guess. <laughs> With only their handguns. Like, if you're going to send them in to do reconnaissance on foot like this, shouldn't you have given them at least a submachine gun? I mean, I know Shin has a submachine gun in one of the openings, so he must be proficient. I'm, well, actually, I took their lack of preparation as evidence that they knew this facility was abandoned and they weren't sure why, but, like, they've seen things disappearing into it. But, they, yeah, they said there were things coming and going from the facility. Therefore, someone is probably there. Yeah, or something is happening. corners and stuff, so they were expecting a fight. I do really like, because I think we're going to lose it, analyzing it scene by scene, how this builds tension, though, yeah, through the argument sure. and them like slowly creeping their way through the building. While it's dumb that they're doing it, it does make for an effective scene. So Athens like, what do you mean almost killed Lacus Klein? Kira's like, yeah, they had machine guns. And we get a flashback to the attack on the mansion. Remember that cool buster arm that Walfield had installed, though? He got to use that. Yeah, you should have seen it. And he tells uh, Atherin the reason why he decided to pilot the Freedom again was because they were shooting at Lacus. Yeah, and Atherin's like, shit, that makes sense. And uh, Kira's like, I really don't want her to get killed. I mean, I don't want anyone to get killed. That's my MO. But I really don't want her to get killed. 
<laughs> I do love Shock Luna's like face reaction to that. Well, because like what you're not expecting the dude who ostensibly showed up fucked up everybody in the battle to say. I don't want anybody to die because like her whole thing has been I'm one of the best pilots in Zaft and that just entails killing people. And here you have a guy who did it without trying. Yep. I think one of the reasons we all like Luna so much is she's allowed to have the widest range of facial expressions. Same with Mayrin, right? Yep. They're allowed to react to things. Yep. They're not just sad or angry. Or brood, which is sangry. And Kira's like, who could possibly want to kill Lacus? And Why? Although I think we already established why. I mean, he is, like, putting the his thought into Atherin's head. Of, like, because they want to institute a puppet, Lacus, yep. who's sexier so the boys don't know. Yeah, and Kira's final, like, word on that is, until I have a clear answer to why they tried to kill my girlfriend, I can't trust the plants. Cut to Ray, who is Scooby-Dooing his way through the dark room. Then he sees something and starts, like, freaking out. <laughs> Meanwhile, Shin just finds the lights. I, I do kind of love how... This abandoned facility still has working electricity. Again, I don't remember what this is, so I'm not sure if it's actually abandoned or if this is just like an abandoned front. It looks abandoned at the very least. I think it is. I think I know what this is. Yeah, I have some guesses. Again, I have like two competing guesses that both seem equally likely to me. Knowing stuff about Ray and knowing stuff about the Earth Alliance, I'm not sure which, which one it is. Yeah. Although given Ray's reaction, he is totally shocked. So Yeah, he is well, Shin is pretty shocked, too. Yeah, but this is the most emotion we've seen Ray ever well, display. Shin is shocked at what they're looking at, but he's not complete breakdown freaking out the way Ray is. Yeah, I was going to say, shocked is an understatement. No, you're right, Ray is in a horror monk, <laughs> and Shin is shocked. Yeah. Although, Shin is mostly shocked by Ray's reaction. Well, no, he, he's shocked when he first get, hits the lights, yeah. but then immediately goes to Ray because Ray's completely fucked up. So we see some test tubes with some human figures in them. They're dark enough that we can't really see anything, though. Are we ever supposed to know what these are? I don't remember. Okay, that's fair. I believe they're explained at some point. Yeah, the thing is, I have two competing theories on what they might be. Okay. So I think probably. I also have two competing theories on what they might be. Well, let's hear yours. So either a, some sort of uh, coordinator experimentation, maybe to Rundle is like running some sort of like clone the best coordinators plan. The other thing I had is maybe they are the uh, like naturals, computer human cyborg testing facilities. What are those called? Are those called enhanced? Extended. Extended. Okay. Yeah. I forgot the word for them. I I couldn't remember it either. Obviously they are biological CPUs apparently. Well, that's specifically the first druggies because they're not even humans. They're just equipment. The ending theme is playing over this, by the way, which is a bit dissonant, though I think it's uh, effective. And Shin goes to, like, try to care for Ray because he's collapsed at this point. Meanwhile, Kira is doing an angry stare down with uh, Atherin, who just doesn't know how to react at this point. Millie is very determined, though. So is Kigali. Well, I, I, Kigali I think Kigali is frustrated. frustrated yeah. And Luna is confused. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Luna's like, oh, this sea breeze is great for the shampoo commercial I'm going to be in. <laughs> And that is the episode. Uh, goddamn, I love Luna so much. <laughs> Luna is pretty great. Uh, do you have a tie point, Tyler? There are actually quite a few things I like in this episode. I think it's kind of an understated one, but I think my high point is actually going to be the fact that Kigali gets to be Kigali again at the end of the episode, because it's been a while since we've seen her in character, I feel. Maybe not in character, but like, do we anything actively? Zach? It's one of those things uh, i actually kind of have two i really like the confrontation at the end but i'll go with two more minor ones luna's expressions at the end of that confrontation <laughs> and uh i like the shot with all the body bags in the beginning because like that does reinforce that when kira blew up the taunhauser he did kill some people 
And that's like actually, that, that was act that actually had a human cost, that action. And, and that was actually his fault, unlike <laughs> I yeah. Western Flues. And that's actually, I think, not a thing we saw in Seed ever. It's we, usually brushed under the rug when yeah. we see ships get destroyed. I feel like it is addressed subtly at one point in Seed, because there's definitely a shot of Kira destroying some battleships and him like reacting to it while Lacus is soliloquying about like the cost of human life and like the toll it takes on people to kill people. That's fair. This is just a bit more explicit than I yeah. think we've seen. Although, it's also pretty subtle. Like, Zach's drawing attention to it because it's subtle, right? I mean, I also had it in my notes. I, like, it, it's not on screen very long, but it's also, like, pretty obvious because it's so stark. I like the effect. Yeah, I do too, yes. Do you have one, Jeremy? I just brought it up so it feels like cheating, but the way tension is built at the end of the episode, I think, is really strong. Between the two sides? Yeah. And, like... Again, cutting between the murder mystery investigation and the tense argument that because is like the, slowly growing. It, the argument's growing more tense as the like horror movie is growing and they more of tense feed into each other. Uh huh. Because I don't think either of them would be quite as dramatic if they were in isolation. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Low point, Tyler. I guess I can take the low ball. And the why is the uh, goddamn bathhouse on the Archangel now? I knew that was going to be Zach. So, Zach, what are you getting instead? <laughs> this episode is padded to all hell. It is very I padded. really like the episode. Welcome to Gundam Seed Destiny. I, I like this particular episode, but man, they just padded this one out. But it's worth it to get to those last few minutes. Yeah, I actually like this episode quite a bit. Yeah, I do too. And you took both of mine. So, <laughs> that makes it tricky. And I said the, you know, horny pervert thing about the fan service shot. So now I can't say the fan service shot. I have a substitute one for you if you want. No, I think I'm going to go with. What is Luna doing? Yeah, there? exactly. Actually, exactly what I was going to say. I was trying to think of how to phrase it because I think maybe the episode is too subtle. I mean, maybe if I remembered it better, I would not have this. But like, like, is the investigation because Ray wants it? Like, did I he manipulate that? I think it is too, but I'm not sure. And similar, was Luna ordered to follow Athern? By whom? If that was the case, it could more easily be explained if they didn't pad this one out and they actually took a couple of, like a minute or two even, to have a scene where Luna is being ordered to follow Athern or, or, see or preparing gear on doing the ship. something because like she has that scene of like, what's going on? And the next thing we know, she's followed Athern to wherever he's going. Yeah. More Mayron, actually. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> we get a lot of the Minerva crew here, but Mayron. It's not. There, there's a shot uh, of her. But... Yeah, there's one shot. I was going to say my runner-up that I thought of was the fact that Athrun refuses to acknowledge that, like, Jaime was on a battlefield and he was in I thought danger. about using that, too, but it seemed like such a bleed-over from last episode. The problem is Athrun wasn't, like, super on about it, and it's brought up in front of him, like, four times this episode, and he refuses to acknowledge the fact that he was in the middle of a battle and he might have died anyway. Like, they keep saying, it, like, you cause chaos, and, like, it's... There were so many mobile suits. It was already chaos. Well, and like Shin is obviously pinning the blame on Kira and the Archangel for Heine dying. I think Atherin is also kind of pinning the blame on them when Atherin should know better. I see why you're reading that into Shin, but I think Shin is more just confused, right? What were they trying to do? He's but, not like, Heine died because of that. Yeah, actually, Shin was seems more like, what is the orb government thinking I'm just thinking think. because of the fact that it comes right after the scene where they're taking Weston Fluce's, I just didn't want to say, you know, continue saying Heine all the time, <laughs> uh, when they're taking his equipment off of the Archangel or his personal effects, so, and since they're so close together. Yeah. We did get a bit of ghost dad time this week, about 30 seconds, but like I said at the start of the episode, I forgot to bring the notes, so we'll oh, have ass. to update that later. 
do we want to add a mobile suit to our mobile suit list? The thing is, there are three we have that are not on the list, but I can see arguments for not adding any of them. First is a savior, which we're saving. Second is the astray, I want to say Shrike, the one with the like atmosphere pack. Do we think that's different enough from the Astray to add it? I we don't... have certainly added different packs on before. Yeah, I can't even remember what it looks like, It's though. just got, like, the turbo fans on the back of it so that it can fly. It's not, like, a weird ring thing, is it? It kind of is. It's like it's like helicopter blades, but, like, Halo helicopter blades. I can huh. bring it up. Yeah, I was going to say I might just pull it up on my phone really quick. I think the real distinguishing factor on whether or not we add a pack suit on here is whether it makes it look or behave substantially differently. I do think it looks pretty different. Well, it does make it fly. Yeah, yeah, they do that in space, though. On the other hand, there is not a separate page for it on Gundam Wiki. Uh, That's true of a couple things. That's true, like the strike only has one. I'm pretty sure. I think it has a couple, actually, but it does not have a sword. I don't think the strike does enough to differentiate it. Personally, I will see to the majority, but I don't I, think it does. I also that's why I haven't brought it up before, but I made a point of going through since it's been so long the list to make sure we weren't missing anything that I felt was an obvious ad, and that was the one that came up. Yeah, this feels too much like a ghoul to me. Okay. The last one may be a similar situation. We have the naked strike on here, which makes me think we should put the naked impulse on here, but I don't think we ever see the impulse without a pack. I was gonna say, have we seen the naked impulse yet? No. Yes. Have we? At the, on the, attack the Lohengrin. Oh yeah, it was briefly naked for some reason. I don't know that we need to add that. I did also think though, should we add the Core Splendor? Which is sort of yeah. separate. Do That's we want, I don't want to dismiss it. Like, I'm kind of voting for no on the Naked Impulse. But Zach is right. We have seen it. I don't really think we need to put the Naked and Impulse on there. Because I, I think it only ever shows up the one time. Weirdly, the Sword Impulse almost feels more like the Naked. Or, well, it's the first one we see. It's mostly it feels more like a naked suit uh, to me than the sword uh, stri- or the buster strike. No, not the buster. The, the sword, sword strike. strike. It's actually called the sword strike. That's uh, the course blender. I'm totally in favor of putting on there because like there aren't many ships. We definitely like we have the sky grasper on here and it's not in the same like wheelhouse as that. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's where we start. I am probably the one of us who likes the course blender the most, but I don't think it's as good as the sky grasper. I think it suffers significantly. For being part of the impulse to the sky grasper. It also just looks worse. Yeah. Be- because it has to fit in the cockpit, right? They want it to be smaller, so that's less like the sky grasper is honestly probably too big, but that's good because you can see more of it. Well, and they have a lot of other little things that go that are attached to the impulse, like every oh, the course blender, every time it transforms, it has to pop off those two like wing pylons. Yeah. It's really dumb. The Mobius Zero is a bit lower, and I don't think it's quite as good as the Mobius Zero either. I agree, and at that point, it's actually mostly just color palette for me. Also, lack of moo. Then we get the Exus. I do think it's better than the Exus, which is the sleek, shiny, sexy new Mobius Zero that Neo Roanoke had that one time. I'm actually really fond of the less technologically advanced look that the Mobius Zero has. I actually kind of like the Exus, though. I like it more than I like the Course Blender, but then again, we know my opinions on the Impulse in general, so that shouldn't surprise anybody. So yeah, you're the you're the deciding vote there, Tyler. And I think I actually prefer the Exus still. Okay. I don't know that we have anything else comparable to the it, Mobius. Like, oh yeah, the Mobius we have at number fifty four. I forgot about that. I definitely like the Course Blender more than the Mobius. Than the <laughs> OG Mobius. Yeah, I think I agree. 
It's a weird comparison, but the one that speaks to me is the Baku. That's actually what I was going to suggest, because it's also a not mobile suit. I like the Core Splendor more than the Baku, but I know you guys both like the Baku more than me. So I, I like, like the, the Baku, Baku a hell of a lot more than that thing. <laughs> I think I like the Baku a little more than the Core Splendor. At number 49, we have the Plain Old Jin. I would also put it above the Plain Old Jin, but... Ah, man, I really like the Jin. The, although, n- having seen the Zaku, the Jin is no Zaku. Uh, <laughs> no Zaku boy. In a bad way, though. <laughs> yeah, but I think I like the Jin's mohawk compared <laughs> to the Core Splendor's just kind of existence. <laughs> the Core Splendor's existence here. Let me look up a an in-depth shot of the Core Splendor. I know we just saw it. This is going to be a heavily deciding factor for me. Mm, it does have some good blocking on it. I think I'm actually going to have to agree with Zach on this. I think I prefer the... The gin. gin? Yep. Okay, right below the gin, we have the Zono. <laughs> I definitely like it more than the Zono. I think I'm the only one that liked the Zono. <laughs> um, Zono? So, yes! Any, um, I think I am going to agree with the Core Splendor on that one. Okay, so the Core Splendor... Were you trying will... to remember what the Zono looked like, Zach? Maybe. <laughs> the Core Splendor will go at number 50... Above the Zeno, but below the Jin. About where the rest of the Impulse should go, too. I kind of like the idea of the individual pieces of the Impulse combining there. I'm oh, don't pro- worry. We're still waiting on getting Kitchen Sink Gundam. We're probably not going to rate the Impulse's feet by themselves, though. <laughs> the, the chest flyer and leg flyer? <laughs> no, I do not think we're going to. The silhouette flyer? No, I do not think so. The newest real-grade mobile suit is an Impulse Gundam. I'm probably not going to get it for a while, but it does come with everything you need to display it as four separate units, so I think I might do that. (laughs) (laughs) That is very good. All right, that does it for this episode. Join us next week when we will be watching Phase 25, The Place of Sin, Halfway Through Destiny. This is like some revolving door of Rao reveals (laughs) stuff. I mean, yeah, again, we were through War for Two at this point. Yeah. Revolving door of Rao reveals. I think what I actually called that episode was the revolving door. It's definitely it what you call box. Yeah, that's definitely what you call it internal. I don't remember what the official name of that is. Rao reveals all. I don't know. Oh, Rao explains it all. Maybe, maybe yep. I go for a clearance that explains all. Yeah, that's also pretty That good. sounds like me. So until next time, we have to keep watching. It is our destiny. This job is certainly not lame.